What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Cut. Sean, Christian, and Randy are here for all of your mediocre fantasy football advice. Boys, how are we doing today? Doing good. Ready to get this one going. Yeah, I'm doing very well. Um, we've talked about how I live in North Carolina. My parents are coming to see me, so I'm pretty excited for that. Um, and they're leaving Sunday morning, so I'm pretty excited to be able to watch football. So you just got it in the span where they're there for the weekend, but they don't bother you on Sunday. That's awesome. Exactly, yeah. So I'm pretty excited here. This is going to be our first actual preview episode. The first two episodes we've done have been recaps. Um, a little stuff about what we're going to go over today. We're going to be doing a week three preview, kind of uh, go uh, give you a couple matchups throughout the early, late, and primetime games that we're going to be interested in seeing. Uh, we have a buy low, sell high trade target segment. Um, we're going to give you guys a couple suggestions on who we think are good targets after the first couple of weeks and who we think that we should uh, sell as the value is probably at its peak. Uh, we have some flex questions that we're going to get into. We had some suggestions on Twitter and other means to figure out people that are questioning between two, two or three guys. We're going to go ahead and get, get through that. I have my uh, suit ups for week three. Going to go through some injury uh, practice reports and see if guys are going to be on the field. And then Christian has his own uh, Shane Falco of the week. Christian, you want to give a little bit of, about what that's going to be? Yeah, so if you guys haven't seen the replacements, you're wrong. You need to see it. But um, Shane Falco is obviously the replacement quarterback. I'm going to take a little bit of a different spin on it and just pick my best injury replacement. So someone like um, Teddy Bridgewater could be on that list. Uh, I don't want to tease too much. but now Stay tuned. That should be a good segment, uh, a little something different here. Uh, as always, if you guys are looking to support the podcast, Shoot us an email at officialcutpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at thecutffl and subscribe to us on Spotify and Anchor. And we are now on Apple Podcasts as well. Just search The Cut on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts should be coming soon, but we uh, you should be able to listen to us there. And we'll go ahead and get into the week three preview here. The first game on the docket is Titans, Jaguars, Thursday Night Football. Not really much that you're going to be looking at in this game. Um the receivers for both teams probably aren't usable in fantasy this week. Obviously, Leonard Fournette and Derrick Henry are probably the two guys that will be started. Um, Randy, of the two, do you feel better about one of them this week, or are they kind of in the same tier for you? Uh, I think I'd have to feel better about the Titans just because Jags are running backup quarterback still. Obviously, uh, I don't really trust Mariota at all, but still, the there's a better chance that the game script's in the better favor of the Titans. Yeah, that's true. Um, this game is in Jacksonville, though, so that's something to watch. Christian, are you starting Delaney Walker this week if you have him? I unfortunately don't have him, but I think it is a good matchup for him. Um, I don't think that any of these receivers in this game are going to be relevant. If DJ Chark ends up relevant again, then maybe I messed up in declining some trades, but um, – Delaney Walker is basically the only pass catcher I would be interested in starting tonight. Yeah, that's probably fair. Like I said, um, D.D. Westbrook, D.J. Chark, Chris Conley, those guys are all tough to trust, um, especially with a decent Titans secondary, and the Titans front seven is also pretty good. Um, for the Titans side, I don't know how many people are even rostering Corey Davis. Maybe they have A.J. Brown, but with A.J. Brown being a rookie and having the big week week one and then kind of coming back down to earth week two, 
he's probably tough to trust as well. Um, looking at the one o'clock games for Sunday, we have Bengals at the Bills, Dolphins at the Cowboys, Broncos at the Packers, Falcons at the Colts, Ravens at the Chiefs, Raiders at the Vikings, Jets at the Patriots, and Lions at the Eagles. I know for a matchup I'm looking to see in the one o'clock slate on Sunday is the Broncos Packers, especially being in Green Bay and with Matt LaFleur coming out this week and saying that he wants to have somewhat even touches between Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. As a fantasy owner, if you have Aaron Jones, hearing that is probably kind of disappointing. Um, Christian, I know you were a big Aaron Jones guy going into the season. Um, does LaFleur's comments, do they worry you or do you think it's kind of just coach speak? They make me want to vomit. <laughs> I, I never understand how Jamal Williams gets on the field. He is a really good pass blocker. He's a big guy. But when you take the talent of Jamal Williams and compare it to Aaron Jones, he is nothing. He should not see the field. Um, it makes no sense to me, but this is the second regime that's done this. So maybe something happens in practice that warrants this. I don't really know. I know I had a lot of stock in Aaron Jones. I have him in a couple leagues, and I am – Looking forward to to seeing how that plays out um, in Green Bay this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know in a couple of leagues, I tried to trade for Aaron Jones after week two. I'm a little more hesitant now because I know that in week one, they did have Jamal Williams on the field a lot. It kind of switched in week two. They kind of gave Aaron Jones a full workload. But I'm a little, like I said, I'm a little hesitant just because in the past, it's been the same thing. Aaron Jones hasn't always been on the field for the entirety of the game. They have liked to go to Jamal Williams, and I know that was a different coaching regime, but I'm still worried. And on the Broncos' side, it looks like we're in a complete timeshare between Peyton Lindsay and Royce Freeman. Personally, I think that Royce Freeman is the more talented back of the two especially if they're going to start using him in the passing game, kind of like they did in week two. I think he's going to hold a lot more value than Lindsey when it's all said and done. Randy, um, what kind of feeling do you have about those two backs? I think they just cut into each other too much. I think their ceiling at this point has got to be RB3 for both of them. Yeah, obviously if one of the two gets hurt, um, the other one is going to – his value is going to skyrocket – Christian, do you have an opinion between the two? I have never been a big fan of Lindsey. I don't think that what he did last year was sustainable. Um, I've liked what I've seen out of Royce Freeman so far, and I like how much they're using him. I think it's clear that he's the better running, rushing back, I guess. Um, but Philip Lindsey is still the better pass catcher. So if Royce Freeman started taking those first and second down, um, th- that first and second down work, then – I wouldn't be shocked and I'd actually be excited because I do own Royce Freeman in a couple different leagues. Yeah. And typically you could probably get Freeman. Um, his draft capital was probably anything anywhere from the eighth or ninth round in most drafts. Whereas Phil, Philip Lindsay was more like fourth or fifth. So uh, Freeman came at more of a value. And if he can take over that backfield, it's kind of a Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida situation. While I was kind of more on the Tevin Coleman side, with obviously with him going down, Matt Breida became become a lot more valuable, and I kind of see the same thing with Denver, where uh, obviously an injury knocks one of them out. But if Lindsey if Lindsey kind of fades a little bit, 
Um, I think Freeman could definitely be a valuable guy uh, down the stretch. And one thing I like to look at too is um, NFL draft capital. And Royce Freeman was a third round draft pick and John Elway loved him coming out of school. He had talked about him all the offseason going into his rookie year. And then Freeman was hurt most of his rookie season. So I think of the two, they're going to value Freeman more as a team. And I think that's going to play a role uh, going forward. Also, uh, looking at the other 1 o'clock games, I think another matchup I'm looking at is um, the two big-time Vikings receivers of Diggs and Thielen versus the Raiders secondary, who had gotten pretty much torched by Pat Mahomes and company in Week 2. Um, Christian, I know that a lot of people are having a hard time trusting Diggs this week. How, are you... Are you more positive for his for his uh, production this week, or do you think it's going to be the Adam Thielen show again? I don't know, man. I'm struggling because I have, and maybe we can touch on in the flex uh, segment, but I have Stefan Diggs and Calvin Ridley, and I have no idea who to start this week. Um, Stefan Diggs has been very disappointing. I think that the the opportunity is there. The Raiders secondary is not very good. Um, they're, they're hurting a little bit and I think that Diggs could go off, but the thing is, is he got, I think seven targets last week and came down with one catch. So it's really difficult to trust him. Um, I think I'm going to go with Ridley in that matchup, but I'm struggling with it for sure. Yeah. I mean, the problem with Diggs is like you said, he had seven targets. So Kirk Cousins was looking his way, but he did only haul in one catch. Also, with the fact that Kirk Cousins just hasn't looked good, in, in, especially in week two. I know he only threw the ball 10 times in week one because they kind of got on top of the uh, Vikings, or I'm sorry, of the Falcons. But in week two, when he had to throw the ball more after the Packers got up big early on, he just didn't look like he knew what he was doing at times out there. And Diggs had a couple big plays called back. He had a touch. He had a touchdown in the end zone that got called back for an offensive pass interference. He actually got called for two OPIs in that game. So that's a little bit worrisome in itself. I think the floor for Thielen is obviously there, and it's probably more valuable. Um, he probably has a higher floor than Diggs does, just based on the fact that Thielen is probably good for anywhere from seven to eight catches a game, nine to ten targets. But the big playability from Diggs is is hard to match. And, I mean, one long touchdown catch, and it'll make your week still. So that's something that I think – is a positive towards Diggs. Randy, how do you feel about these two? I like them both this week. It's, I mean, they're both getting looks. It's not like they're not. A few of the passes to Diggs weren't that great last week. I think uh, Kirk's going to have a chance to just show out this week. Good Lord. Guy sucks. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the, the biggest concern for the Vikings in this game is the only part of the Raiders' defense that seems to work is the run defense. So I don't think that means Cook doesn't have a good game. I just think he doesn't get like 140 yards and two touchdowns. No, I mean, that could be true. They have definitely tried to lean on Cook the first two games because um, he's ended up with over 100 yards in, in both weeks on anywhere from 15 to 20 carries. So, and the thing about the Vikings pass catchers too is after Thielen and Diggs, there's nobody else. I, they they have Kyle Rudolph. He's played every snap, but he doesn't, doesn't count. Get looks. Yeah, exactly. And and I mean, Chad. What Chad Beeb is the third receiver in that offense. I mean, he caught one sixty yard pass, and I think that's all he had. 
So it's it's really it's it's a two it's a two headed monster. And I think this week, if you have either of them, I think you're safe to kind of deploy them as wide receiver twos. Maybe Thielen, like I said, is probably has a little more value this week, but I'd keep an eye on how Diggs is used moving forward because if he's not if he's not able to break out this week, then I think you're in for a little bit of trouble. Well, um, what would you do then if you had to start Diggs or Calvin Ridley? This guy. <laughs> Can you make I'll, my lineup decision for me? Yeah, I, I, I guess I'll answer your your you know your lineup for you, but Thanks. um. <laughs> I would probably still go Diggs. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. The Falcons are at Indianapolis, and Indianapolis defenses. Indianapolis's defense isn't anything to joke about. I just I like the big play potential of Diggs more than I like it of Ridley. And I mean, and the problem with Ridley is he's got Julio there, and Julio's going to demand eight to ten targets. So I'd pro- I'd probably go digs in that situation. Cool, thanks, man. Oh yeah, no problem. Hey, um, <laughs> if you want to just send your lineup over to me, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll take a look and I'll I'll get back to you. I now, need it. I'm zero two right now. So, so uh, speaking of mediocre advice, <clears throat> anyway, uh, Randy, is there any other matchups from the one o'clock games that you're looking forward to? Uh, I think Bengals and Bills could be fun just because of the Bengals' new offensive look. And then Ravens versus Chiefs is obviously the one I'm going to be trying to watch. And that's coming from a Raiders fan. Uh, <laughs> but, that, I mean, it's two semi-explosive offenses, as long as it's keep going as they are. Did you just say the Chiefs are a semi-explosive offense? Uh, it's more towards the Ravens' side, I guess. Okay, so, the, yeah. It's also, yeah, I'll, it's I'll also hard to good. trust all the backup receivers every single week. Ravens' secondary is a lot better than the Raiders. And especially if with if they don't have Damian Williams and if McCoy is limited at all, it's going to be a little bit tougher because the Ravens can are able to key in on one thing. And while it, yeah. it might not matter to a certain extent with Mahomes, it, it, it might not be the big-time playmakers like you're used to seeing if they're not as worried about the running game. Um, Christian, I was kind of looking at the, the Falcons and going back to the Falcons and Colts game, mm-hmm. um, Devontae Freeman has been bottled up in the first two weeks. A lot of people have taken him as an RB two, and myself included. And I think part of that, the, the not non-production, the first two weeks was, um, the Vikings and the Eagles have very stout front sevens. This has to be Freeman's breakout week, don't you think? I think fantasy owners better hope so. Um, the Colts' front seven isn't anything near what those other two teams is. Um, I I think Devontae Freeman has to have a good game for you to not sell him. I mean, I, I think I, – I know that you just included him in a trade to, to upgrade at running back, and I think – if he doesn't break out this week, you're going to see that across every league. Um, he's definitely been one of the biggest disappointments of the, the league so far. So I hope he breaks out. Um, I think he has every opportunity to. I just don't know if it's actually going to happen. See, I think this is actually the week that he does. I, I, I can see, you know, 85 yards and a touchdown and maybe four catches um, through the air. Uh, 
I did I did look to upgrade at running back, but it was more out of desperation with how the rest of my team was rostered. I think if you have one of the top tier, one of the top three to four running backs already on your roster, and Freeman is on the RB two three border, depending on who you have, I think you're still okay. Um, and I mean Freeman coming off the injury, a lot of people or all the Falcons talked about is how good he looked in preseason and training camp, how they wanted to get him the ball. And personally, I don't think Edo Smith is very good. I know that they've been splitting carries, but I just think Edo Smith is a guy. So I think they want this to be Devontae Freeman's backfield. I think they want to feed him. It's just they've kind of run into bad game scripts the first two weeks, and I think it changes. Um, Randy, on the Colts side, if if Marlon Mack sits, he hasn't practiced either either day this week with a calf injury, where are you okay with deploying uh, Jordan Wilkins? No, not really. I think this is going to be a bigger offensive production than people think. Uh, I, I do believe Freeman's going to break out. I, I think Hines is a good play if Max out, obviously. But I assume the Colts are going to lean more heavier towards the tight ends now. Just it looks like that's what they're gearing towards. And the only the two things I want to say about Freeman is their line hasn't looked good all year, preseason included. And that's been a major factor in the matchup, obviously. But Dirk Cutter didn't run the ball for Tampa. Obviously, they had nowhere near the talent as Bonta Freeman. But I think it's a concern. But if they really want to win, they need to put him in and use him much more. Going back to your Jordan Wilkins question, Sean, I actually think I might slide him in there if, if you need an RB3 or 4. Um, the dude averaged over 10 yards per carry last week. And he looked... I think that Marlon Mack, while he is talented, he's definitely a product of that Colts offensive line. And it's kind of a Dallas Cowboys type of thing where if Zeke's out, Tony Pollard looks like a stud. I think you could see a pretty good game out of Wilkins if Mack doesn't play. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm – go ahead, Randy. Okay. Well, let me let me put it to you like this. Would you – because if you're going to put him as an RB3 – that means you're picking them off the waiver wire pretty much because no one has them rostered, let's be real. Yeah. Uh, so would you rather play him or Darwin Thompson or Frank Gore? or? I would, prob- I would probably play him over both of those guys. I, Especially it, it, if I single Singletary. I, well, Singletary's pretty much out. He hasn't practiced all week as far as I recall. I saw that he they're leaning on – the chance that he can still play this week. So I wouldn't be picking well, up Frank Gore just yet. Um, but the Bengals, plays, the Bengals, yeah, the Bengals are getting torched by every running back. True. But Even to be honest, role. if, if Mac is out, I would, I personally would probably go Jordan Wilkins over both of those guys. Yeah, I, I probably would as well, but I, I probably won't be picking him up because I'm I'm not in a, a dire need for a running back right now in any of my leagues. So, yeah, but I mean, um, but if you do need a guy, I, I can understand that. But if you do need a guy, I don't think Wilkins is a bad option. Like I said, just keep an eye on uh, Marlon Mack on Friday to see if he practices in any kind of limited fashion. But if he doesn't, I think Jordan Wilkins can definitely be an option. Um, so of the other games. Um, Dolphins Cowboys. I think we all kind of know how that's going to go. Obviously, start your Cowboys in that game. You probably don't want to start any Dolphins. The Dolphins did announce that they're going to start Josh Rosen week three. 
that could help guys like Kenyon Drake and uh, Preston Wilson or Preston Williams. Williams. Yeah, Williams. sorry. And um, respecting the name <laughs> and Devonte Parker, that probably helps them moving forward. But you don't want to use any of those guys this week. Um, like Randy said, Ravens Chiefs should be a shootout. Um, and then Jets Patriots is probably going to be the same thing. It's at New England, so that's especially with Luke Falk at QB. That's going to be another uh, shellacking there. And then Lions Eagles, Randy. I know you and I were talking earlier. You're kind of under the impression that that's going to be a low scoring game. Yeah, I think that's just Patricia's way of trying to play. He wants to run run the clock, throw short, and just dominate the time. That's what he wants. And I think it's smart of him to do that against the Eagles because while they are missing their top two receivers, they're still a, a really good offense. Um, and I think that you, I think the Lions could come out with that game just with all the Eagles injuries. Yeah, no, they uh, Deshaun Jackson going to be out for multiple weeks. Um, Jeffrey hasn't practiced yet. They think he might have a shot to play, but uh, Dallas Dallas Goddard is hurt. So Nelson Aguilar is definitely a good value play. But um, the Lions could very well take that game. The one thing to note there is that the Lions did cut ties with C.J. Anderson, which means that Carrion Johnson, while they like Ty Johnson as well, Carrion should have a little bit more work and he should be the goal line back they haven't had a carry um in the goal line yet but it should be carry on johnson so that's especially i believe the workload split in that backfield the last two weeks was 60 percent for carry on and then 20 for the other two so i think it'll be more 70 30 now they're not going to give ty johnson 40 45 percent yeah and i mean as a carry on believer i was hoping for something like this just because C.J. Anderson, his presence just made me so mad. But um, especially if Carrion can catch balls like he did for that touchdown pass, he's going to be a top-tier RB2. So looking at the 4 o'clock games, we have Panthers-Cardinals, Giants-Buccaneers, Texans-Chargers, Steelers-49ers, and Saints-Seahawks. Christian, of those games, is there anything that jumps out at you storyline-wise other than obviously uh, Rudolph getting the start for the Steelers and Daniel Jones getting the start for the Giants. Um, is there anything else that stands out to you? Well, you, you touched on Mason Rudolph. I think that's the matchup I'm most excited for is the Steelers-Niners. The Niners have been a, a huge surprise this year. Um, two blowout wins. The Steelers aren't looking good. If the, if the 49ers come out and blow out the Steelers, I think that's more testament to the 49ers than – it will be Mason Rudolph and, and that Steelers offense, but I'm definitely interested to see how that plays out. I don't think the Steelers are as bad as they've been um, to start the year, but I think the Niners could be as, as good as they've they've looked. So um, I'm very intrigued to see that matchup and, and definitely see Mason Rudolph's first start. See, I would almost pump the brakes on the Niners just with the aspect that they've the two teams that they played were the Buccaneers and the Bengals. So I'd say this is definitely going to be a better test, especially for their defense to see if they can perform. But even so, they're going against a backup quarterback. So it's going to be tough to judge if the Niners are for real. I think their offense could possibly be limited. I don't think Breida and Mostert are going to have the crazy games that they had week one, or I'm sorry, week two. But this is definitely going to be a good test for them. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I'll trust and breed it. I don't know. I just twelve carries for over a hundred yards every time. I've just never been a Brita guy, so maybe that's just me. Out there running like Barry Sanders, it's ridiculous. Oh, get out of here! (laughs) Oh, not the talent level. It's just what it looks like. Okay, whatever. He, yeah, that one run that I think he tweeted out, Randy, that was insane. Folks, we do not condone everything that Randy says. (laughs) That's probably smart. Um, I think Texans Chargers is going to be a good one. Um, yeah, Texans, that's the best off- one. Texans offense kind of struggled a bit week two. <clears throat> Excuse me, but um, I'm curious to see how many carries Carlos Hyde gets. Where if if it's a car- if if it's a part where they're going to be trailing to see if Duke maybe gets a few more looks, especially in the passing game. Um, I think he'll probably be on the field for a little bit more of it because. Houston's going across the country to LA. Um, Chargers are typically very good at home. Um, and it's curious to see if Austin Eckler can sustain this crazy start that he's been on. Like I said on uh, Monday's or uh, Sunday's podcast, I think Justin Jackson is going to become a name in that backfield as the year goes on with no Melvin Gordon. So that's something to note too. And I think it could even start week three. I think that. Justin Jackson may see a few more carries if the Chargers uh, are able to hold on to an early lead versus Houston. And then, obviously, Teddy Bridgewater um, going against Seattle at Seattle. That's not a matchup that you typically like, especially in a guy that's making his first start in a few in a few years. Um, going to that stadium, playing in front of the 12th man, it's not an easy thing to do. Andy Dalton did it. Yeah, but they still lost. They shouldn't have. Uh, they they, did. Yeah, but they they kind of got screwed by the refs in that game. Andy Dalton did not fumble. That's I mean that's fair. <laughs> they would have won that game. That's the Seahawks secondary is not that good. I think Teddy could have a pretty good game. That's fair, yeah. but I think it's my reasoning behind it, like I said, is because he's making his first start in a couple years. Now, granted, he's gonna have a whole week to practice with the ones, but I'm a little bit worried, and I think the Seahawks, the Seahawks defense this year is a little bit underrated, especially adding Jadavian Clowney to that front seven. Um, I think Bridgewater is probably a little bit of a downgrade to Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, but I'd say Thomas is probably still safe for his eight, eight to ten targets and, I don't know, nine receptions, something like that. Are you guys kind of on the same page? Kind of. I think it hurts Kamara's running floor just because I can obviously see team stacking the box against Bridgewater and just hoping they can control that. But both of them get the ball so short, like their A dot's so low. I mean, they can get quick passes out to them too easy. And I wouldn't be surprised if Thomas still had 10 catches and 13 targets. And I don't think it would be for like 120 yards, but like, yeah, and I mean, when you when you're deploying Thomas, and when you're deploying Thomas each week, it's obviously touchdowns are nice, but touchdowns aren't his floor. It's the nine to ten catches for a hundred plus yards, and it, it that makes I mean it makes a difference from a really good week for Thomas to a great week if he's able to find the end zone. But that's not always who he's been um, when you've drafted him to be your wide receiver one. It's more about it's more about the consistency and targets. And um, on the Seahawks side, I think it was a very good sign that Tyler Lockett had 10 targets in week two. 
which shows that he's not just the deep threat. He is the clear wide receiver one. And DK Metcalf does look like he's coming on a little bit also. But this should be a much better game script for Carson and to a lesser degree Penny. I think that they're going to run the ball more in this game being at home. And uh, I'm I'm probably safe to start. I mean, you're safe to start Carson as a upside running back too, uh, at the very least. Don't you think, Christian? Yeah, I think that there's a chance he creeps into the top 12 this week. I just think that he's going to come back with a vengeance after getting benched, and, and I think he has a good game. I could see him snagging a couple touchdowns again. Yeah, and obviously if if he gets into the end zone more than once, he'll probably be one of the top 10 uh, scoring running backs on the week. Moving ahead to Sunday night, we have uh, the Rams at Cleveland for the Browns. The Browns looked a little bit better in week two. Defense looked good. Now, it could have been a product of Trevor Simeon and then Luke Falk, but I think that they're all kind of starting to round into form. Obviously, if you get a big play to Beckham, that makes your week fantasy-wise. I know it helped me out in a couple. Um, and that's that's the kind of player that Beckham is. Are you, Randy, in this matchup, do you think that Jarvis Landry holds wide receiver three value, or is he better left on the bench? I think he does, but it's mainly because Njoku is going to be out. I think all the sh- all those intermediate targets are now definitely Landry's. Uh, I, do you guys know the update on Higgins at all? I think he did practice yesterday and today, so he should be okay. back out there. I'm he's going to take he's going to take a few of those because Baker seems to be most comfortable with him. Uh, but obviously, the Rams secondary is so much better with Talib back there. It allows Peters and everyone else to play so much better. Uh, the D line's obviously good. Linebackers are better than they have been. It's it's going to be a tough matchup. No, yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, Christian, what are your thoughts? I. I'm not excited for this game as a Browns fan. I think that with Chris Hubbard being out on the right side of the line, the Rams pass rush is just going to eat up. Um, Baker, I don't think Baker has looked good at all in the first two weeks. I think that could be a product of Richard Higgins not being on the field. So having him back out there could definitely help. Um, But the Browns play calling even Monday night was just baffling to me. Um, And if, they have that same mindset going into this game against the Rams. I think they could be in a lot of trouble. Um, going back to your Landry question, I think that you can start Landry up as a wide receiver three. Um, I know we were texting. I just have a feeling Landry's going to be the leading receiver for the Browns this week, even over Odell. I think the Rams are going to be able to shut Odell down. And I think that Landry will be the the biggest beneficiary of that. So, um, I If I had him, I would start him, um, but I am not excited to watch this game. I'll tell you that. Well, I think the thing about that, Christian, is the fact that on the other side, Jared Goff on the road, especially last year, he was not good. He had 10 touchdowns to nine interceptions. He is it, – it's, it's unbelievable when looking at the stats of the breakdowns in 2018 of his home stats versus his road stats, and I think that's going to play a part. I think the like I said, I think the Browns defense started to come together a little bit. We don't really know how the secondary is going to be because they weren't really tested in week two. But I think that that front seven, especially the front four with um, Garrett and Vernon off the edge. I mean, Garrett's been in the backfield 
for the first two weeks, an unbelievable amount. He's tied for the league lead in sacks right now. I think he's going to give Jared Goff a problem the other way. I know in a couple of leagues I have Jared Goff as my uh, wide receiver one. Um, interesting. I'm Probably not, be a quarterback one. I, that's yeah. I apologize. <laughs> um, you know, I'll tell you what. If I had Jared Goff as my wide receiver one, I'd be much more worried. Yeah. But, um, but I picked up Josh Allen in the couple of leagues that I have him, and I'm I'm starting Josh Allen over him. Um, I, yeah, I sure. Goff is probably still a top twelve quarterback for the rest of the year, but in this matchup, I don't like it. I don't like prime time on the road. Browns defense um, starting to come together a little bit. I, I I'm I'm gonna avoid it. Um, the wide receivers probably you're still starting all three. While I think Denzel Ward is probably gonna shadow Robert Woods. That's going to open up a little bit more for Cooks and Cup. Um, but at the same time, Ward could just be on one side of the field and see Cooks and Woods together. Uh, Randy, are you still trusting all three of these wide receivers? Uh, I think you have to for where they're drafted. But it does seem like it's going. this is how it's going to be. is Two are going to have a really good week and one's not. I think that's what it's going to be now. I, I agree. I think. Ward's going to be on Woods just because I think we'll, the Browns are going to commit heavy for safety help on the Cook side every time. And they know Ward can handle people. Uh, so I've, Cup may be the beneficiary here. I think he may be the best play. Yeah, I think uh, he'll be he'll be kind of the intermediate targets, especially if if, if uh, the Browns front forward kind of gets into that it gets into the uh, pocket. I think uh, Cup will be the first option that Goff is going to look for for those those short passes. Um, and then Todd Gurley, uh, like we talked about on Sunday, it was much more intriguing that he got a lot more of the carries versus uh, when Malcolm Brown was on the field. Um, the I think we haven't really seen how good the Browns' run defense can be or is. So you're probably still starting up Gurley as a top 15 play. and. Um, and you'll take. I think you'll take your chances with that, uh, Randy. I know you're a girly guy. You feel safe with him still, right? I feel safe with him. I think he's slowly going to get more workload. Uh, I, like I, I think I said in the last podcast, I think by week seven or eight, he's going to be close to his old workload, but only about seventy percent of the snaps. So I, I'm not that. This can be a tougher matchup because the Browns' D line is obviously great. Uh, the linebackers fly a good amount, but they're not tremendous yet. A lot of young guys there, so I, I'm not sure if Kirksey's playing. So he he is out. They did announce that he's going to be out yeah. this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see how um, how the how the Browns' defense looks. And I know that the Browns were kind of a play that some people wanted when they were picking defenses. This probably isn't the week you want to use them because even with golf struggling, I think the yardage could still be there. Maybe not the scoring opportunities, but um, I'd probably look somewhere else. And then uh, the Monday night game between the Bears and the Redskins, we will, we will uh, go over that on our Sunday podcast. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and then when we get back, we'll go through our buy low and sell high targets going into week three. So looking at our buy low and sell high targets uh, going into week three. Now, these are some trade questions that we got as well as our own opinions about some guys that we have on our teams that or that we're going to be looking for on other teams. For my first one, it's going to be Mike Evans. 
for our for my buy low. Uh, he has never finished a season under a thousand yards receiving. Chris Godwin has gotten Chris Godwin has gotten all the love through the first two weeks, but if you're looking at if you're looking at their comparative stats, it's not that different. Chris, uh, Mike Evans actually has a further average depth of target through two weeks than Chris Godwin does. Um, and in a Bruce Arians offense, then a 1A and 1B can both exist and be top 15 fantasy guys. And Evans was he was sick week one. He had uh, I, I don't know what the illness was, but he only had two catches. He only had four catches, but did drop a touchdown pass in week two. Um, so I think he's definitely a guy that you'd want to look for. And um, he's going to be – he's due for a breakout, and the matchup this week against the Giants is the perfect opportunity. So I think you should go get him now before he pops off week three. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Uh, the one thing that would worry me is just quarterback play. If Jameis can't throw the ball to him, um, then – He's not really going to pop off. It seems like Jameis can only throw slants and in routes to Chris Godwin um, at times. Don't get me wrong. He's been okay. He was all right against the Panthers, but um, that would be my only concern. I, I definitely agree that he would be a good target this week. Well, see, and that's the thing about Winston, too, is he hasn't been good in the past, and Mike Evans has still put up huge numbers. So he can do it again this year. Sure. Yeah. Winston looked better last week, too. I think he's starting to get a feel for the offense. I think yeah, you have absolutely. to look at this is Bruce Arians. He has a one A, one B. I think we gotta look at this as Fitzgerald and John Brown, but a way better version of John Brown. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's a really good comparison. And they have a great matchup this week yeah. against the Giants. So or is it Buccaneers or Giants, sorry. The, they're playing the Giants. Yeah. So they are the Daniel Buc- Jones will throw more picks than James. Yeah, Randy, they are the Buccaneers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh let's get into my by low target. Um, my first one is going to be Juju Smith-Schuster. I think that there is definitely cause for concern surrounding Juju with how high you drafted him. I know he crept into the first round of a lot of different drafts. People were really high on him and thought he would take over that Antonio Brown role for Ben Roethlisberger. Um, unfortunately, Ben Roethlisberger didn't look great in the first two weeks before he got hurt. And when Mason Rudolph came in the game last week, uh, Juju actually started getting a lot more work, and it looked like he was honestly he they were running better routes for him. So um, I think Mason Rudolph looks ready to take this Steelers offense back to what the expectation was. Um, honestly, no disrespect to Big Ben, Mason Rudolph last week looked better than Ben. I think that Ben may have been nursing that elbow before it actually popped. Um, in week two, but I definitely think that Juju is a target. Um, like I said, his his output hasn't been what you expected, but I expect it to get back up to where you drafted Juju. What was your description of Big Ben last week? What what did you call him again? I think it might have been week one, but that he was a fat piece of crap. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that's about how he played too <clears throat> in the first two weeks. I mean. Yeah, it didn't look good. <laughs> well, now we learned that he needed to get surgery, so I hope you feel well, bad about, I hope you feel bad about yourself. I think I that was more of a just last week thing. Uh, but no, uh, I, I I agree. I, yeah, I like it. I mean, obviously, anytime you can get a dynamic playmaker on your team, it'd be great. But I 
I think as of right now, at least for a week or two, it had to be really low for me to buy it. The one name to keep a note on, though, is James uh, Washington. He was he did go to Oklahoma State with Mason Rudolph, and obviously they've been practicing together as the as the twos. So that's something to make a note of. But no, absolutely, Randy. Why don't you go ahead and give us your first uh, buy buy low target? Oh uh, yeah, I, I did Allen Robinson. It's I know it's a little scary to say, but it's not like it's going to cost too much. He didn't have a great week last week. He got salvaged by a touchdown, really. But the offense doesn't look great. It's only going to get better because it has to. Trubisky's comfortable with him. He's fine throwing to him. He's, he's pretty much a target monster in the offense. No one's going to take his target share at all because Anthony Miller can barely get out of the field. And even when he does, Tariq Cohen takes away half of his targets anyways. There's no one there to contest him. So I, I'd be willing to buy, and you can pretty much get nothing. Give away yeah. nothing. Yeah, I mean, he's, his, his, his ceiling's probably capped by Mitch Trubisky as a quarterback, but I would agree with that. Um, but that that's your guaranteed flex every week at worst. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking at my next buy low target, I'm targeting Leonard Fournette. He played 92% of the snaps through the first two weeks of the year. Only Christian McCaffrey and Le'Veon Bell played more snaps out of the backfield. Um, that's uh, according to FanDuel.com. Uh, there's no question that it's his backfield. And the uh, Jaguars have wanted to use him a little bit more in the passing game. He has had 12 targets through two weeks. Um, so he's averaged or he's had at least 19 touches both weeks of this year. And um, since he's been in the league, when he's healthy, he's averaged around 19.7 uh, touches per game. And I think that's only going to continue to eat, increase. And he's got a tough, tough matchup this week versus the Titans. So after this game on Thursday night, you could probably buy him at even a lower discount. But the next few matchups look favorable for him. I think he's a guy that I definitely want, and I know I've already kind of put a couple offers out there to see to gauge uh, the Fournette owner's interest to see if I can kind of pull him away. Yeah, I got him this morning at 3 a.m. from one of our friends. <laughs> I Yeah, I agree. It's shocking to think how many touches he has right now, and it's only going to get better. Gardner Menchu hasn't looked incredible but he's looked good enough to take some pressure off the line and not have nine in the box against Fournette even then we still see him get 70 yards a game uh it's shocking to see if you actually look up route run target share Fournette's fourth in the NFL right now <laughs> and he's got a couple bad matchups between now and like week eight but the end of the season going into playoffs for fantasy is cake yeah, absolutely. So you kind of uh, power through it early and then reap the reap the benefits late. Christian, who's your other guy that you're targeting? Yeah, my other buy low candidate is Deshaun Watson. Um, he had a pretty bad week too. And <clears throat> let me preface this by saying Deshaun Watson is obviously a top five quarterback. Um, it's clear and most fantasy owners are going to think that as well. Um, they're going to understand that, that that Jaguars defense is – solid and it you can chalk it up as a bad game however when you're trying to buy Deshaun Watson you can spin it as he's the quarterback eight you drafted him as the quarterback two um you're gonna have to give up quite a bit still to get Deshaun Watson but the fact that he's 
producing at quarterback eight numbers right now is going to get a little bit of a discount for you. And I think it's worth it. Um, Deshaun Watson, like I said, is a top five quarterback, potentially top two. That's where he was drafted. Um, he's still a solid play. He just had a, a tough matchup. I think that you should go and capitalize on that poor production in week two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think his, his it's he's only going to get better, and he's going to be – I think he'll still finish top three, so might as well go get him now before he has the next breakout game. Randy, do you have another one that you're targeting? Uh, yeah, just quickly, I think Devonta Freeman's going to be a, a good buy. If you can get him before Sunday, you can get your – you don't have a seven-day trade review or you can get your commission request through. Thank you, Christian. Uh, <laughs> he's like he, like we already talked about. He had bad matchups the first couple weeks. People are starting to bench him everywhere. They're not trading him right now, but it's because no one's offering for him. You could probably get him for so much lower than the RB two value that he has. Like I said, if they're going to win, he has to be involved in the offense. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. Yeah, I I I can agree with that. Um, I know in one league I'm possibly targeting him for a wide receiver three and I'm trying to do it before Sunday because I think once Sunday comes around, he's going to be back up to uh, running back. He's going to be back up to running back two value. Um, I mean, you could throw like DJ Chark and like Deshaun McCoy and you might be able to get him. You and your DJ DJ Chark and it works and he's a wide receiver three. Yeah. Moving on here, um, I we're going to go through just a couple of our guys that we think that you can sell now and they're at their peak value. My first one is going to be Lamar Jackson, and I know everybody's going to freak out that I'm saying this. I think Lamar Jackson is a great quarterback. I think he's going to be a great fantasy quarterback this year. The reason I'm saying this is because, A, through two weeks, he's faced the Dolphins and the Cardinals. Those are two of the worst defenses that have been put out there this year. So he's fantasy QB1. I don't know if he's going to maintain that once he starts playing actual defenses. He has a 12% touchdown rate, and that's an astronomical number. That is bound to come down, and the mean is usually around 4%. So that's definitely going to come down. And the reason I'm saying to sell him now is because you could probably get him for a top 10 to top 15 running back or wide receiver. If you're looking for a guy at a skill position, he's the guy to throw into a trade. You can stream guys. You can pick up a guy like Josh Allen. Maybe stream a guy like Matt Stafford, Phillip Rivers, given the right matchup. And if you can get a top 10 guy at either a wide receiver or running back, that trade is definitely worth it. Yeah, (laughs) that's definitely worth it, especially in one quarterback leagues, because there's going to be so many people out there. Even if you have to go a couple weeks with like Rivers and Stafford, Josh Allen has a bad matchup coming up. Dak Prescott has some bad matchups coming up. They're going to get dropped for a better matchup, and you can pick them up real quick. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. So I'll head into my sell-high candidate. Mine is going to be Emmanuel Manny Sanders. He is a top-five wide receiver right now. Um, It's pretty clear that he is Joe Flacco's favorite target. So why would you sell him, you ask? Well, I'll tell you. It's because the matchups that he is about to face are incredibly difficult. Um, So he's got Green Bay this week, Jacksonville the following week, the Chargers, who they don't have a great secondary, but um, it's still difficult, difficult matchup for sure. Then the Titans, 
Um, so then he gets a little bit of a break with Kansas City, Indianapolis, and then he's back to Cleveland, uh, which isn't a very favorable matchup. Then the bye week, and you're saying, oh, maybe he can uh, pop off after the bye. So I'm going to keep him, and I'll have him heading into playoff season. Well, he faces Minnesota and Buffalo coming out of his bye. I think that despite the fact that he's a top five receiver, um, he is definitely someone to offload. And if you can get a top running back or another top receiver for him, now is definitely the time to do it. Plus, who wants to rely on Joe Flacco? Exactly. What <laughs> at all? No, I, I. That's definitely a good point, and I think down the stretch, I, Cortland Sutton becomes more of a problem. I think he's very talented, and they drafted him to be a wide receiver one in their offense. And I think as the year goes on, he's going to become uh, a larger target hog. Randy, yeah, same, uh, go ahead. Same, same with Noah Fant. I think he's going to get yeah. more involved as the year goes too. We all know how Flacco loves tight ends. Absolutely. Uh, who are you looking to sell? Uh, well, I, I say James White, which obviously you drafted him somewhat high, but he's going to get this amount of touches a game. It just seems they're going to roll with this three RB system to keep everyone healthy. And Burkhead's been there forever. He's an integral part for them. You know, the Patriots love all their white running backs. and It's just going to keep going. Uh, but it's a, true three RB system that all seem to have good value, but Burkhead cuts way more into White's role. Maybe not actually getting pass catching, but he's cutting his snaps. Sony's going to keep getting his 15 to 22 touches a game and having the majority of the snaps because they run the ball. They always commit to it, and the later the year goes, the more they run the ball to save Brady's arm for the playoffs. Yeah, I've never really big been a big James White guy, but I think that I agree, and I think that Sony's only going to get better. And they drafted – I mean, he was a first-round draft pick, and the Patriots know what they're doing. They're not going to draft a guy in the first round if they don't want to continue to use him. So I do think James White's value kind of goes down. So that'll do it for our buy low and sell high targets. Um, we're going to take one more quick break, and when we come back, We'll talk about the flex questions that you guys sent us, and we'll kind of go over who we think is the right play in that matchup. So this first question comes to us uh, from Twitter. Uh, Patrick wants to know, Joe Mixon or Devontae Freeman in a PPR league? I would personally lean Mixon. Ew. Um. I Mixon has been practicing this week. I think that if if you have Joe Mixon, you have to start him, despite the fact that he's averaging like less than two yards per carry. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But he's been hurt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we went over. I think Freeman's gonna have a good week. Uh, I think it's got to be him, just because (laughs) Buffalo's no slouch on defense, and. I think they're going to sell out to stop Mixon. He's got, I think, 1.5 yards of carry this year. I don't think it's going to improve this week. Fair. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I like Christian said, if you have, uh, have Mixon, you got to start him. Next question comes in from Dan. Uh, DJ Moore or Emmanuel Sanders this week? Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, Sanders. Yeah. I think that's a pretty easy one, especially because we don't know how Kyle Allen's going to be. It looks like it's trending towards him starting for Cam Newton week two. 
I think you you definitely have to go Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. Um, James White, home against the Jets, over Joe Mixon, who we just talked about, or Aaron Jones. I'd probably oh. I'd probably lean Mixon and keeping Jones in. Yeah, I hate this question. Oh. <laughs> it's such an ugly question. They're all three really good running backs. Like, let's not disparage their names. Or yeah, I mean, you can't just, go wrong with, uh, Mix, with any, yeah. any combination. Mixon's just got a bad line. Jones is apparently not getting the work, and he's going up against good defense, too. And I don't see the Patriots passing the ball that much again. Like, to the running back, at least. They have three stud receivers. Jordan Wilkins, that's my pick. <laughs> no, Mixon. <laughs> Mixon for sure there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so I'd say Mixon and Jones, and it sounds like we're kind of in agreement on that one. Kyler Murray or Deshaun Watson? Oh, Deshaun Watson. I think if you have Deshaun Watson, you have to start Deshaun Watson. I Oh, God, that's close. It is close. I, I think star talent, you drafted Watson high, you go with him. But, I oh, God. Kyler's going to throw for over 300, and if they, if Carolina's offense isn't going well. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, he hasn't rushed at all. Personally, I would still probably go Watson. Yeah, I'd say Watson. Yeah. Watson probably has the higher upside of a rushing touchdown because goal line work. Yeah. All right, so pick one here between Larry Fitzgerald, Tyler Boyd, or Josh Jacobs. Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, yep. Fitzgerald. Yeah, that's a pretty easy one. I mean, Fitzgerald's <laughs> just going to get a ton of targets again. Yeah. Pick one. I love Josh Jacobs, but. Yeah. yeah. Pick one, James White, DK Metcalf, Sterling Shepard, or Muhammad Sanu? None of the above. <laughs> DK Metcalf. DK. DK. If you had. That one's, would... that one's closer with James White, though. Yeah, I would maybe lean James White there, but I think Metcalf or White would be the plays there. I understand uh, the Shepherd because it's going to be a little bit different offense, but it's basically Eli 2.0 back there. I, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Chris wants to know, Marquise Brown or Calvin Ridley? Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown. That's a good question, though. That's hard. That is tough. We were talking about Ridley earlier. He's could be a boom play this week, but Brown seems to be the wide receiver one and what should be a high-scoring matchup. Marquise Brown is the boom play every week, it seems like. So I'm actually starting Marquise over Tyler Boyd this week. So well, it, And he answered our questions because we, we weren't sure about his target share or snap share, mm-hmm. and then he answered both of those last week. So thanks, Gabby Brown. I think the one way you have to look at this, too, is if both of them – break out with seeing how they went the first two weeks. Are you more disappointed that you left a guy like or you, that you left Brown on your bench or Ridley on your bench? The answer is probably Brown because you know the kind of player he is. Yeah. Uh, pick two between Julian Edelman, Allen Robinson, Nelson Aguilar, and John Brown in a PPR. Wow. <laughs> Keep in mind here, the opposing team is playing Josh Allen. I don't know if that makes a difference to you guys. Uh, not really. Uh, uh Oh, God. I would go John Brown as one. Yeah. I'd probably go Brown and Robinson. I think I would go Brown and Aguilar. Isn't that crazy? Over Randy, Aguilar or Edelman? Oh, my heart wants Edelman. <laughs> but uh, I think they're going to come back out and do the same thing. I think it's going to be even target share, but they're going to try and work Brown into the offensive scheme. A bit more of a playbook for him this week. So I banked my money on the buy, so I'm going to go Robinson and John Brown. 
Okay, so Randy and I are in agreement there. Baker Mayfield or Jimmy G? Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Unfortunately. I would still probably go Baker, but I can see well, listen, why he would go If Jimmy Baker G. doesn't start if he keeps if he's taking three step drops, I'm taking Baker. But he's been taking yeah. ten step behind a terrible <laughs> offensive line. Makes no sense whatsoever. And he's throwing thirty yards downfield to no one. That's fair. I would probably go Baker, but I can definitely see where you guys are at. Uh, Jarvis Landry or Nelson Aguilar? Oh, Landry, Landry, Landry. Okay, I, I, I just Landry also. I think I think the Eagles' target share is going to be heavily taken up by Ertz this week. That's my. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, uh, Phil <laughs> wants to know Philip Lindsay or Carlos Hyde. Oh God, <laughs> Hyde. I'm going Hyde. Oh. Um... There's no PPR upside, but I'm going touchdown upside. I would go Lindsay, actually. Okay. So Christian's kind of on a different thought process than we are. And then the last, is. the last one, Scott wants to know Mark Ingram or Tyler Boyd? <sighs> I'm going Ingram. Ingram. I'm, I'm going Boyd. I, I think that if this is a shootout, I don't think Ingram's as valuable as Boyd will be when. I think the Bengals get behind and they're going to need to throw. Yeah, uh, my my thing is Jacob still had almost 100 yards last week and they were behind. I, I just assume Ravens would be closer than the Raiders. So Ingram has a better upside. I I think this is another situation where you can't really go wrong with either one, but I personally no. I personally lean Boyd there. Boyd, Boyd's going to get you at least 12 points. Yeah. That's guaranteed. And that's probably what you need. And if Ingram doesn't score a touchdown, he's probably only going to get six or seven. Um, so that'll do it for our flex questions. We appreciate you guys uh, sending them to us. We'll continue to review these on later podcasts as well. And we're going to move into my suit ups for week three. Suit up. Suit up. Suit up. You suit it up. Snow suit up. Flight suit up. Penguin suited up. Suit up. You suit it up. Birthday suiting up. Slut up. Suit up. Suit up. Suit it up. Suit up. Suit up. Space suit up. So first one I want to talk about is Cam Newton. He did don a walking boot after that Thursday night game last week in Tampa. He had a foot injury that he suffered in the preseason, and it seems like he did re-aggravate it on Thursday night. He did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. He's not going to play this week. I think he might be out for a couple weeks. Um, Kyle Allen is going to be the starter. Keep an eye on him. He could be somebody that you maybe want to look at as a streaming quarterback, but I don't think he plays this week. And the other one I'll talk about is Damian Williams. Uh, no practice yesterday or today with a knee injury. LaShawn McCoy was supposed to practice yesterday and didn't, but he did practice in a limited fashion today. I don't think Damian Williams plays. I think it's McCoy's backfield, and if he's limited, I think Dar- Darwin Thompson could be a late dart throw. Christian, why don't you go ahead and tell us who your Shane Falco of the week is? I know you're tired. I know you're hurting. And I wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational. But that just wouldn't be our style. Yeah, so my Shane Falco of the week this week is going to be Mason Rudolph. Um, I, I raved about him a little bit earlier, but I think he made that offense look better. Um, it is a tough matchup against that 49er secondary, but 
I, I really think that Mason Rudolph can step up and, and be a quarterback to play this week. Yeah, that's that's probably good. Of the guys, <clears throat> excuse me, of the guys that are slotting in for the uh, quarterback ones, he's probably the one that's going to be the most fancy relevant. He's got the weapons. He's got the talent. He was really good at Oklahoma State, and he could be a guy that if you keep an eye on, you could possibly start week four. So that'll do it for us today. One other thing I want to mention is uh, keep an eye out for Fantasy Voices. It's a uh, podcast that's a spinoff of The Voice of the Land that's hosted by our personal friend, Kevin Arnold. Uh, the guys there will talk about their own fantasy experiences in various leagues, and they'll give start and sit advice. Um, go ahead and subscribe to them on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Follow them on Twitter at VTL underscore pod. And uh, if you want to find out any more information, uh, just reach out to them. So thank you guys for listening. As always, we appreciate it. Give us a follow on Twitter at the cut FFL. And if you have any suggestions, um, want to support us at all, shoot us an email at official cut pod at gmail.com. Christian, Randy, any closing thoughts? Go Browns. Yeah. Got to hope for the Browns. Hopefully it's a good game. Should be a fun Thursday night and uh, I'm or Sunday night and looking forward to the Jaguars and the Titans said nobody for Christian Williams, Randy Hall. I'm Sean Ward. We'll see you guys next time. We gone. <laughs>